That's highschoolofficials.com. Business 1440 is your home for NDSU Bison Sports. This is Jeff Colhane, voice of the Bison, and you're listening to Business 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. New research finds giving COVID patients full doses of blood thinners may help keep them off of breathing machines while they're being treated. Almost every patient who needs to be hospitalized for COVID-19 is given a low dose of a blood thinner like heparin to try to prevent dangerous blood clots from forming. Now, early results from three large international coronavirus studies finds that it's full doses of blood thinners that are needed and that the low doses don't help and could actually harm patients who are more seriously ill. The findings haven't yet been published, but the National Institutes of Health released the results now to try to help doctors decide appropriate care for COVID-19 patients. Jackie Quinn, Washington. A disappointing day for the markets to end the week Friday. The Dow down 179 points. This is SRN News. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpet. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Daniel Show. Business 1440. 
welcoming uh, to our show, uh, uh, producer. Can we call him producer in training? Um, yeah, I like that. Jacob, welcome to the show. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, well, he'll be uh, he'll be he'll be running the board for us this hour as he uh, learns the ropes of uh, working with uh, the great people at uh, Salem Broadcasting down in the Twin Cities. These guys are great. You're you're gonna love working here. Thank you, thank you, and welcome. Um, we have uh, on uh, on the line. John is uh, wanting to talk about the stimulus discussion we just had in the last hour. John, good morning, and welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Um... Yeah, this is John in Bloomington. You know me as the Sioux Falls guy. Yeah, uh, you're the yeah, yeah, I you're Sioux. Fa- I was going to call you, you know, uh, Sioux Falls John, but uh, I wasn't right, sure yeah. if you were going to wear that. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. Um, what I want to ask you about is the theory I heard uh, listening. I think to this same station from someone. The argument is that it is better to provide this stimulus in these checks they're talking about now it's a I believe it's fourteen hundred dollars yeah. to temporarily extend the deficit through difficult times so that we don't have situations like nineteen twenty nine and nineteen thirty uh, bread lines and so forth and then when prosperity returns the theory i guess is that um you can earn back some of that when people, when we achieve full employment, or even if it was necessary, even a tiny, small tax increase at some later date to start recovering some of the costs of these subsidies. Uh, that's the argument that I heard on the radio. I, I was also curious, sir, if you might tell us what people like some of these other economists from the past, like John Kenneth Galbraith or Paul Samuelson, what would they say about this debate? Well, that's, well that second question is fascinating. I've, mm-hmm. that'll take a, that, that could take a while, John. But I, let, me, right. let me approach the first one because I, I've, be, I've begun some research. I, was gonna, I, I started to do some of it last night and realized I wasn't going to get it done for this week's show, so I'm probably going to do it next week uh, because I think the stimulus conversation will be with us for, for, uh, another six weeks or so. I think, so I think it'll be worth it for me to do this Yes. back in the, back in the 1929, 1930, right? We had 25% unemployment. Why did we have 25% unemployment? We had it because there was a collapse in demand for goods and services. People stopped spending because they had borrowed on credit based on their earnings in the stock market. The stock market collapsed. All of a sudden, everyone had to stop spending. Why are people not spending now? Well, it's not because it's not it's not because of a lack of demand. People want to spend. They're being told by either by government fiat or by the news that warns of death and destruction everywhere from the virus that they can't go out and spend the money unless they do it in these places. But you can't go you can't go to any place where other people congregate. If you can do it with social distancing like touring a new house or tour, you know or or think about it. John, do you, when's the last time you bought a car? Oh, um it's been about 20 years. Really? I don't have, okay. I don't drive now. I can't drive, yeah. Okay. I, I just... Okay, okay. All right. So think about Think about how you bought your last car, right? You went on to various lots. You walked around. You didn't make an appointment. 
Uh, I have a guy in my small group who's a sales who's who's a, a really good uh, car salesman uh, for the for a local dealership here. I asked him how things were going. He says, "Yeah, they're okay." He says, "It's go it's okay for me because I got lots of customers." And I'm like, "How do you get lots of customers?" He says, "Well, I just go through my book and I start and, and basically what's happened is he's now cold calling his his list of people he sold cars to and finding out what more they might need." Because he, no one can go onto the car lot without an appointment. I never needed an appointment to go to a car lot till now, that's right? right. <laughs> that's the difference between the market now and then. That certainly wasn't the case in 1929-1930. So to think that we would use a Depression-era stimulus package to solve the COVID recession is, is like trying to use a hammer to put in a screw. Uh, it, it just doesn't work, right? Um, and, and so it's the wrong solution to the problem. What needs to happen is, what I mean, here's what needs to happen, John. If you want to solve this problem, what you need is people to go out and demonstrate that the vaccine is safe. And you see stories, I mean, not to bring up sports again, but stories where the NBA is trying to convince its players to publicly receive the vaccine to sort to encourage use, particularly in, in, the, in the communities of color, because there's distrust of vaccines in those communities for historical reasons. Reasons, by the way, that are valid, but not something I'm going to talk about on the show very much. But I, But my point being, it's the wrong solution to the problem. But... The, another thing you said, John, which I thought was interesting in your in your question, is the idea that we would slightly raise taxes. Well, when you ask about people like Galbraith or or Samuelson or or um, I'm trying to think of somebody we might know up here, uh, Walter Heller, who used to be uh, Lyndon Johnson's head of the Council of Economic Advisors, longtime faculty member at the University of Minnesota. Yes. Okay. Right. Heller would have said. Well, yes, we'll run a deficit now, but we'll run a surplus later. We'll actually pay down the debt by raising taxes to where we're generating a surplus that we use to reduce the reduce the debt. Well, that's a lovely thought, but you know, as pointed out by people like I mentioned James Buchanan before, uh, and during the first hour, I'll use Buchanan again. What Buchanan said was. That day never comes. People always are, want to do the deficit spending portion, but when it comes time to I'm not going to raise the taxes now. And, and, and frankly, it's something where people like Samuelson and Galbraith would have, been, would, have, would have said, yeah, you have to raise taxes later, and we should just be honest about the fact we're going to raise taxes later. And then we fight over whose taxes get raised and so forth, but that's just politics. And that's how they've looked at it. The difference, John, right now is there are people out there in this modern monetary theory world who I've heard a little bit of here on this station during, when it, during, on weekdays say basically – well, according to modern monetary theory, you actually don't have to worry about paying that back. And if we do, well, then we'll raise the taxes. But right now, you don't have to worry about that. I think you do. <laughs> and, and, and I think I think Samuelson and Galbraith would have agreed with me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's the answer to your question. Okay. What about these? They still show pictures of places where people are in long lines just to get food. I mean... You remember at Christmas when they were showing these long lines where nonprofit organizations were distributing turkeys and even a nonprofit organization from South Dakota came into North Minneapolis 
it was wonderful. They distributed boxes of food to people that needed them. Sure. Isn't that what some of this stimulus money is going for? I hope so. I really do. And and frankly, frankly, if if I thought that it was going to go to people who were unemployed, I'd be I'd be banging on my table right now saying, "Yeah, pass the bill. Let's not wait. Let's get it done." Uh come on, Mitch. Come on. Come on, Kevin. Uh the the two leaders of the Republicans in in the Congress. Let's do this. Let's get it done now. Clear the decks. But that's not what they're doing. They want to send me $1400. Okay, John, I don't know your situation. You may need that fourteen hundred dollars. I'm gonna be honest with you, I'll need it. Mm-hmm. I didn't need I didn't need the six hundred dollar check that I got three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't change my life appreciably. Okay, does but I so what what have I been doing? I've been handing that check off to my kids. He's saying mm-hmm. you guys need this check more than I do, mm-hmm. so I'm giving it to you. Why couldn't the government figure out how to make it so that they would just reach those people who are in those lines? Because they don't know how to do that. That's not something government's good at. Right? Right. Yeah. What re- relies on is folks like you and me, John, who maybe, I, I, and again, I don't know your situation. Maybe you need that check, and if so, you know, God bless, and, and, and I'm happy you're getting the money. Uh, but if you don't need the money, find someone who does. And out of your heart. Give it to them, because there are, you're absolutely right, there are people suffering. Okay, it, my point is, there's a lot of people who are not. In, in those, those construction workers, they're making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. Is what you're calling a targeted relief? Is mm-hmm. that what you're... Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's it, This is untargeted, right? This is just government writing checks willy-nilly, right? We know how to... I mean, think about this. The government knows how to send a $600 check to you or a $1,400 check to you. How do they know that? Because you paid taxes. How many of those people that you saw on the line never put in a tax return? And for them, how does the money get to them? Yeah, they I've never I wondered that about that. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, I don't either. <laughs> I actually don't know the details of, of how you get that money to them. But my God, it would be it would be if I was in Congress, if I was a state legislator again, it'd be my first question is, how do I make sure the person in the line gets the check mm-hmm. before I get a check? Yeah, right? you know, I, I think it would be good if you considered running for public office again, you'd offer the public oh. great service. Well, thank you. That's really kind of you, John. I, I, I you know, um. I love being a dean right now. I love I love working here. And right now, in the pandemic, I think our work is really important. But I ne- but I will tell you this: I never close the door on anything, mm-hmm. um, because people when people say, "When are you going to retire?" I say, "I'm not going to retire. I'll go find a different job someday." But I, but I'm not going to stop working. I'm just going to work at something else. John, thank you so much for calling today. I really appreciate the questions. It actually really clarified some things I think that people needed to hear. So thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for actually being my questioner for a while. You're welcome. Thank you. I enjoy your book. Uh, all right. Be well. Sioux, that's uh, Sioux Falls John. Uh, and I uh, really, really love uh, talking to him. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Start your weekdays with financial guidance from some of the best in the business, like Bill Gunderson, Dave Ramsey, the hosts of Bloomberg, and many more. The economic insights and investment strategy you need every day. This is Business 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. Okay, I, I we'll do this. We'll do this, uh, Wyatt. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have. This is not the, the the number one thing that concerns me, but it might be number two. I think I talked about on this show a few times here, the King Banyan Show, Business fourteen forty. The very first paper I wrote, published in nineteen eighty three, in the Economic Review of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Okay, this is how long ago and where it was, and it was in a small place, was research on the effectiveness of central banks in stopping inflation. I will say I 
trying to work out in my head the last time, and I'm pretty sure the answer is never. Someone correct me on Twitter at PoundKBRS if I'm wrong about this. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen a Federal Reserve Bank chair go on to be the Secretary of the Treasury. And understand, I don't particularly dislike Janet Yellen. Um, I, I I preferred Bernanke to Yellen. Um, but I began to wonder what I think about Yellen versus Powell. I think I'm now at a point where I'm ready to form that opinion, but I haven't gotten there yet. But worth remembering, Janet Yellen... Um, Janet Yellen, we used to work at the Fed, and now she's going to be at Treasury. And when she was chair of the Federal Reserve, one of her other governors that she worked with is the current head of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell. And it's interesting to me that that, Jay, that Janet Yellen has been getting a lot of praise for being the first woman secretary of the Treasury, so much so that that someone said someone should write a Hamilton-style rap about her. And an artist known as Dessa, who I guess I'm supposed to have heard of, but have never, spins one out almost immediately, like within a day. Uh, it got played on, uh, on uh, National Public Radio on Thursday um, Jacob, just play a just play a tiny little bit of this thing. King, I don't know if we actually have it now that I'm looking here. So, oh no! As as you go along here, let me work on that and see if I can get all it right. Up, it's, all, uh, right. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna say all right. So I'm just gonna put it this way: there was a lot of discussion about the fact that that when Treasury secretaries and Federal Reserve chairs get together and speak. There's a lot of concern about whether or not there's too much coordination between monetary and fiscal policy. As a, someone that has studied central banks for his entire academic career, I'm going to tell you it's pretty normal for a Treasury Secretary and a Fed Chair to talk to each other. Uh, Greenspan had regular, uh, regular breakfasts. He liked, the, he liked breakfast meetings. And um, Greenspan uh, would meet pretty regularly with, um, with, with. Oh no, uh, I could go back through several of them, but I know I know the ones with uh, Robert Rubin were pretty legendary. Uh, certainly, Bernanke and uh, Hank Paulson had had frequent meetings. Uh, Bernanke had them with um, with. Uh, um, with folks, uh, Steve Mnuchin and uh, Jay Powell have regular meetings. They know each other fairly well. They knew each other even before they were in the roles they have now. It's not abnormal. What's different in my mind, and I had never thought about this in all my writing about central bank independence, and I probably got 10, 8 to 10 papers on this issue, maybe 10. Um. But in all my time of doing this, I never thought about having a rule that said no one can go from the Fed over to Treasury. Because I don't think it, I, I mean, I, it, it had happened that people had gone from Treasury to the Fed a couple times. But the reverse flow, and particularly for a chair, once they'd been a chair of the Federal Reserve, typically they retired out into 
consultant, speaking circuit, something like that. They typically get a professorship as Bernanke did at Princeton, which is where he basically came from. So it was like he was on loan for a while and then went back. That's pretty normal. But anyway, I guess we don't have it. It's okay. It's, it's a style of music that I'm not really fond of. Okay, Wyatt, don't bother. I'm done with that topic. It's it's not usual. And in my mind, the the biggest concern for me is when Treasury and the Fed are too close to each other, using the Federal Reserve as a financing arm of Treasury debt management becomes easier. And I believe when that's easier, inflation is more likely. I do I I know a lot of people who cheered it and and I agree that there are people who could have been secretary of the treasury who've been a lot worse. Liz Warren. Okay? Could have been a lot worse. Okay? In per se. But the downside of picking Janet Yellen Go ahead and just play a little bit of it if you got it there. Um the down, just play it under my voice. The downside of Janet Yellen if you is if you do it um is that she and jay powell understand all of the inner workings and i think it makes makes it likely that if interest rates begin to rise that's going to cause even more of the fell more of the uh fell reserve to uh uh more of the fed to do this jacob if it's ready go ahead and play a little bit of this this Dessa rap thing. Or maybe it's not ready. Oh, it's gone again now. Okay, never mind. We'll just let it go. Let's move on. I'll tell you what, you got the other clip for me ready? Let's talk about this. In the middle of a period of time in which you saw, I mean, John, Sioux Falls John is absolutely right. There are lines of people trying to get, get food. Many of them work in the service sector. They work in nail salons. They work in gyms. They work in restaurants. They work, they work in movie theaters. Those folks are suffering, and the lines are longer as a result of that. What is it that, the, that President Biden said on the very first day, signs an executive order to make more likely to happen? He does this. Play, play this clip, please. Look, our recovery plan also calls for an increase in the minimum wage at uh. 15, at least $15 an hour. No one in America should work 40 hours a week making below the poverty line. $15 gets people above the poverty line. We have so many millions of people working 40 hours a week working, and some with two jobs, and they're still below the poverty line. So, I've been researching this, and because he, he uses this language, there has been this enormous attack on economists, particularly those who were trained at an older time, like me, back in the 70s and 80s, for whom a very standard analysis was that when you raise the minimum wage, there is a disemployment effect that's particular upon particular upon marginal, marginalized groups in society. It is harmful to teenagers, 
because they need experience. Okay, it is harmful to people of color. Uh, it is harmful. For example, suppose you need you you're thinking, do I want to take a chance on somebody or not, who's come out with a prison record, and is trying to make an honest go of things in society, and comes with you hat in hand and says, I need a job. What skills do you have? Well, here are the things I did while I was in prison for the last four years. And there are, I mean, there are a lot of people who won't even tell you that, but let's suppose, let's suppose that prisoner is really repentant, really trying to make a go of things, and, and tells you the things they've done. You're like, well, what could I do with that kind of a person? And how does a $15 minimum wage help that person reintegrate into society? How will a $15 minimum wage help the people in the line that Sioux Falls, John, Sioux Falls John just told us about when it isn't a matter of whether or not they, they could get a job, whether or not their job would be there, would, would pay 5 or 10 or $15 an hour, but they've been laid off because the place they worked at can only seat 25% of the patrons that they used to seat, be it be it a gym, a salon, a restaurant, a, a, a movie theater, or what have you. How's that supposed to help with that? Now, the answer to this is usually presented in the forms of, form that you just heard it. Play that clip one more time. It's only about a 30-second clip. Look, our recovery plan also calls for an increase in the minimum wage at 15, at least $15 an hour. No one in America should work 40 hours a week making below the poverty line. $15 gets people above the poverty line. We have so many millions of people working 40 hours a week, working, and some with two jobs, and they're still below the poverty line. But the poverty line is different for different folks. And the poverty line is different depending on where you live. And that, and here is the key point. We're going to drive this home in the next segment. But I, I, want to, I want to make this point right now very clear. Whatever it is that you think is the evidence about the minimum wage, which I'm going to bet you haven't read nearly as much as most economists, who, most economists teaching in the universities do. Whatever it is you've read about it, nowhere, nowhere, in that literature, does it say that that minimum wage should be set at a federal level? My argument with, the, with President Biden's piece is that no matter what you think about the disemployment effects, whether you think they're large or small, and there is an argument about that that we're going to talk about in the next segment, nowhere, nowhere does it say that the minimum wage should be the same number in New York City and Biloxi, Mississippi. Nowhere. I defy you to go find the, the economist who wrote in a peer-reviewed journal that a national minimum wage is preferable to a set of, of state and maybe even more local minimum wages. I'll explain why after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
This is the Entertainment Answer. Which film had us critics raving? It was Tom Hanks's News of the World. Hanks plays a former Civil War captain who agrees to deliver a 10-year-old orphan girl where the law says she belongs. The two will face tremendous challenges of both human and natural forces. News of the World from director Paul Greengrass and Universal Pictures rated PG-13. It's in theaters now, and you can check it out on demand January the 15th. Now, for a chance to win a Fandango Now code to watch the film at home at your leisure, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Doran's Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Doran's for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800 800- 482-8399. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Psalm 23.4 tells us, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We were talking briefly about caning the other day, a punishment that can quickly deter people from crimes. The Lord's staff, a tool of the shepherd, and the rod to correct behavior both bring comfort to the psalmist. Kind of crazy. I sure do find it easy to appreciate when the Lord uses the staff to guide me and, as a consequence, the other sheep that walk with me. It's a little less easy to appreciate the use of the rod, even though I know it is absolutely required to drive folly from a child of God. Isn't it strange that these two very different tools bring us closer to the very same comforter? If you have any comments about this or other scripture, feel free to contact me at lee at thekingdombuilders.com. That's L-E-E at thekingdombuilders.com. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. The number call questions and comments. Yeah. Um, we. So let's talk about this a little bit. The way it's always presented to you is nobody should have, be paid a minimum wage that lies below the, the poverty level. Now, the poverty line in the U.S., and I'm going to grab the, is different depending on the place you live and the size of your family. So the poverty level for a family of one, right, no kids, one adult, is going to be very different. In the state of Minnesota, let's take just Minneapolis-St. Paul, okay? 
If I look at Minneapolis-St. Paul and I say, and I ask, what wage would pay the poverty level? And, and I add up and look at the expenses, and those expenses might include, you know, food, child care, medical, housing, transportation, the taxes that someone in that situation would pay. What would that come out to? And the answer to that comes out to $6 an hour. If you are, if you have a child and you're married, but only one is working so that the other one is staying home and taking care of the child, you can stay above the poverty level with a wage of $10.25. Now, the minimum wage in, the, in Minnesota is $9.86 right now. Yes, there's plans to move it up, but that number was at nine eighty six, And so... You could you could imagine a, a, a per, something to move to move that number up there, move that number up. Let's look though at at a calculator which I will post to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post this one for Minneapolis so you can actually at pound KBRS so that you can see exactly how this one works. I'll do it at the break. Uh, so give me about ten minutes, and I will I will get this up here for you. Um, you are. You are uh, thinking about the living wage, right? And the living wage says you need, and this is the living wage numbers that are provided, 3000 a year for food, $2,590 for medical care, $9,000 for housing, okay? Nine, this is an, these are annual numbers, so do the division. That means you're paying about $740 for a, a studio for one person. Transportation costs, $4,300. And let's suppose for everything else you spend money on, that's $2,900. Okay, so do the math. It's about $240 a month you have for everything outside of food. You don't have child care. Food, medical, housing, and transportation. Everything else, $240 a month. Then don't forget, you're also going to have to pay taxes. Right? You're going to end up paying taxes on that amount. And when you look at what you're going to have to be required to earn after taxes, in Minneapolis, it's about $26,000. That comes out, if you assume people are working, you know, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks of the year, that means that person to have that money to live on would need $12.59. Now, MIT, which is the one I'm going to share with you, actually does this number for every metro area in the country, over 300 metro areas, and does one for all of the more than 3,000 counties in the United States. The difference in this living wage argument is between just between Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minneapolis St. Paul and St. Cloud, just down the road from you here, is more than a dollar an hour. That same calculation applied to St. Cloud prices is $11.52. In Rochester, it's $11.65. If you look for some of the cheapest places to live, uh, if you go to Brownsville or Harlan, Brownsville, Harlingen in, in the Texas, uh, in, in the very south of Texas, that number comes out to $10.56. In New York City, it comes out to $16.44. Only in the very largest cities 
does a $15 minimum wage meet this living wage criteria, let alone the poverty criteria? The poverty criteria is set much lower. But if you have three children and only one of you are working in Minnesota at the, the, to meet the poverty level for a family of five with one adult, you'd have to earn $14.50 an hour. If you have two adults working, you'd only have to earn $7.25 an hour. So there are different levels that you could talk about. But if you go to this living wage where you account for the cost of child care, now if both, fam- both of you are working, now you need $21.26 an hour according to this calculator. It's different in different places. And it's different depending on the size of the family. We're using a calculation, and we can get a news story and, and pick up this this adult with two children, maybe a single mom, with two kids, living in living in Minneapolis, living in uh, Minneapolis, for whom their 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 actual uh, their actual cost, their living cost, might be thirty two dollars and fifty nine cents, according to this calculator. The poverty wage would be ten dollars and twenty five cents. So when they're talking about raising this up, it's a lot higher you know, than meeting the poverty level. They want they want these expenses to be fulfilled. That single parent with two kids is going to have food costs of about $7,000, but is going to have to spend $12,300 on child care. If those children are not in school, of course, if they're in school, that's a different, that's a different calculation, which is one of the faults with the MIT calculator, but I'll set that aside. But it's different in Minneapolis than even in St. Cloud and Rochester, let alone the difference between New York City and Brownsville, Texas, or Biloxi, Mississippi is the name I picked out before. So two facts about the minimum wage. One, local markets matter, and a national minimum wage is a really bad policy to, to deal with issues in local labor markets. Indeed, you'd say, well, they'll just move to the higher ones. The evidence that's out there is families move a lot less than they did before. The mobility of our families is a lot lower than it was 25 years ago. Families are not picking up and moving from one place to the next in search of higher wages, better jobs. It's just not happening right now. I'm not, so... So when you say, well, yeah, we make the minimum wage $15 an hour and the people who can't find jobs in, in Texas or in St. Cloud, well, they'll just move to a place where, where they can afford to pay the 15 bucks, And that's good because, frankly, those cities are better. It's not going to happen. People don't move. You're just going to impoverish them. Okay? That, 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 in fact, is not happening. Secondly, and I think it just as important, it makes a huge difference the size of the jump you're making. The research that has been done on the minimum wage typically involves, I've got a boundary between two places. It's a state line, it's a county line, 
and I look at businesses that are identical in every way I can possibly control them on each side of the line that has different minimum wages, and I measure the changes in the effects. There's been research done on this, and what they look at is the number of people working. They look at the size of the wage bill. Why? Because that's the stuff they can count. I can look at tax records and determine if somebody's still working in the same place they were working last month. That's not hard to do. I can look at a record and figure out, I can look at tax records, I can look at the business's tax records, or I could look at their, their Social Security payment records to figure out how much wages they're paying. You can find this data. It's on the quarterly census for economic and, of, of employment and wages. It's, it's out there. And you can get that data drilled down to county level. You can get it drilled down to metro level. People like me use that, that data all the time. You want to know what we don't have data on? We can't tell you how many breaks those workers get. We can't tell you how many hours those workers are working. We can't tell you if, if, the, uh, if the lunch break is shorter or if the heat's turned on in the building. Right now the heat in my office is down a lot. My feet are freezing in here right now because they turn off the heat on the weekends to save money. I got no problem with that. If the wage bill was higher, do you think they'd turn down the heat maybe at noon on a Friday rather than waiting until 4.30 when most of us are supposed to be off work? Not not administrators. We're here well after 4.30, even till 4.40. But, you know, are we supposed to, you know, what do you think happens there? The research that's out there that is able to look at this says the margins on which people are adjusting to higher minimum wages is not people, but hours. And by replacing some of the work done by low productivity workers and hiring more of the labor of the high productivity workers, which means your teenager that person trying to make a new life after experiencing prison, that person of color is less likely to get that job opportunity than they had before. Remember, you can, you can require a business to pay somebody a certain wage, but you can't require them to hire somebody for 40 hours or not at all. You wouldn't want to do that because if it's an all or nothing approach, nothing might be the answer. And if you can force a business to hire a particular individual because you don't want them to be laid off because of what they had in the old Soviet Union, it's kind of what they have in places like Cuba. Okay. I'm sorry. People don't like it when we refer to some of these policies as being socialist. That's kind of what socialism looks like. A private business doesn't get to decide who works in their business anymore. Government gets to decide. And gets to even decide how much you pay them, how many hours they work, when their breaks are. They might even tell you what you got to set the thermometer at 
on the on the thermostat. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-351-4596. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-351-4596. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son, founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. relieffactor.com. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. It's like the Wild West out there on the World Wide Web. You never know what you'll get. So ensure there's some honest and straightforward financial conversation in your news feed by liking us on Facebook. Just search for Business 1440. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. All right. Well, we didn't get Dessa today, but we got good music anyway. Um, we'll have to we'll have to listen up listen to the show's music tracks on Spotify later on today. Um, 651-289-4477. We find Sue in Grand Rapids with a question. Good morning, Sue. How are you today? Hi, King. Love your show. See, I just wanted to ask you a question that is probably anecdotal, but 
Um, I personally know individuals in the past and currently who have stated that one of the reasons they are not getting married, one of the reasons, is they get a subsidy because they have, you know, it's an um, unmarried single mom um, who has two kids, maybe three kids, and they have good jobs. Like to the tune, I mean, I am positive they make more than $15 an hour. Um, sure. You know, college-educated, good jobs, probably closer to fifty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. And they have stated that they get a subsidy for the kids from the government. I don't know if it's because they're unmarried. I don't know if it's from federal or state, and I'm not exactly sure what the subsidies are for, but it has been implied that they are for daycare um, primarily. I mean, I don't, and I don't know. So when you include those, when you state those numbers, are you including the possibility that they're getting income from government sources because they are on, you know, single moms? Yeah, this is this is why why I have a great audience. Uh, that uh, a similar question got asked by Don on Twitter, Sue, and 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 I actually popped open the uh, the technical documentation for the MIT study. They do not count any subsidy at all. They they assume that every dollar that's in here actually is getting taxed at the at a, at a, a, some at a rate. I'm trying to figure out what the what the rate is that they're doing, but I think they're assuming taxes. I'm just doing math in my head right now. I'm looking. Right. I'm looking actually at the chart for Itasca County, where you are, and mm-hmm. uh, and and as I look at it right now, they're assuming that 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 person would make to be a single adult to afford two children. They're saying that person needs sixty three thousand dollars now, sixty two thousand seven forty five, including paying ten thousand seven hundred and nine dollars in taxes. I promise you that single mom with two kids is not paying ten thousand seven hundred dollars right. in taxes. Right. I promise you that, and it counts none of that subsidy. Okay. So right. I'm trying to get a grip on what what they would have said. If you're a single mom in Itasca County with two kids, the poverty level is ten dollars and twenty five cents. So take two times the poverty level. That's going to be below that is. For some benefits, the trigger is at 200 times poverty level, and then mm-hmm. other ones it's at 150. So if your if your single mom is making somewhere between 15.50 and 21 dollars an hour, so that's an annual income in the 30s, even yep. the low 40s, good chance that they're probably getting they're probably getting uh, some kind of benefit from the government. So if they're in if they're in food prep, if they're in if they're in yep. the places that have been slammed by by uh, the shutdowns because uh, we can't go to restaurants, we can't go to gyms and, and to the hair salon. Um, they're probably in that area where they're probably getting a pretty substantial subsidy. I think that's absolutely right. But I'm talking about in the past when they've been working in healthcare, like as a oh, yeah. nurse or whatever, oh. and they're still getting, I, I believe, I mean, they've, they've, set, they've stated they are, they're still getting a subsidy for child care. Um, yeah. They get, well, you're, they get you're, Medicare. They or what is it called? Not Medicare, Medicaid or whatever the heck Medicaid, it is. Medicaid, right? Yep. Right. If if they have um, two kids and they're under probably forty or fifty, I don't know. They get Medicaid, so they don't even have to pay their medical. So well, if they, and I'm not probably I'm not, not angry about that. I'm not angry about yeah. that. I'm just saying, 
it it seems a little just some of those numbers seem a little distorted to me because some of these same people are people who seem to be living just fine and they're good people you know whatever and they certainly yeah. aren't living in poverty so and some of know. those yeah sue some of those some of those people some of those people are probably you know so i'm thinking i'm just looking healthcare support like the people working in nursing homes around grand mm-hmm. rapids uh, they're probably mm-hmm. making about thirty-five to forty thousand a year. They're going to get right. something. They probably don't get the full range of subsidies from yeah. from state government, but uh, they'll get some of them. Uh, right. And yeah, you'll see stories like that. But that never shows up in the conversations about minimum wage, okay? Because they okay. always treat they always treat those numbers, you know, as if there's been no subsidization whatsoever. And that's a right. that's a that's a that's a really good point, Sue. And I'm glad you made it. Hey, Sue, I got to run, but thank you so much for thank calling. You. Thank you for listening you, up in Grand Rapids. Okay. Thank yep. you. Okay. Uh, and I want to I thank uh, Jacob for uh, sitting in and doing a little training with us today. Uh, welcome to the station, Jacob. Wyatt, thank you. Uh, you've graduated. You now get the trainer badge on your shirt. That's that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, sorry we couldn't. No, I'm not sorry we couldn't play Dessa for you. I, I don't like that stuff. But we'll be back next week. It'll be GDP Saturday next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We'll see you there. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Jeff Wizery for the Safe Money Radio Show weekdays at 4 p.m. on Business 1440. You can also call Jeff now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 844-503-7233. That's 844-503-7233. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait. There's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.
There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, 